Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is a promo for The Astrolic Explains, a podcast where I, Chris, a non scientist, ask astronomy questions, and I, Alfredo, as the astroholic, try my best to answer them. So, Doctor, what are black holes? Why is Pluto not a planet? What's up with the sun's poles? Why does Jupiter want us dead? Is Betelgeuse going supernova? How is the universe going to end? Can we hitch a ride on an asteroid? Is there Chris, life- this is a 30 second promo. You can find The Astroholic Explains on all your favorite apps or follow at The Astroholic on all social media. You're listening to Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. I started chatting with a guy on Grinder recently. We'd just done the generic, hey, how are you, opening message. You know, the one that's more just to see if they're interested than actually, you know, sharing any information. It's like the app-based version of hearing the phone ring and looking at the caller ID before you decide if you want to answer it or not. Although, why would you ever answer a phone? Jesus. Anyway. With Grinder, though, the caller ID tends to be just their height and weight and whether or not they accept visitors via the tradesman's entrance. So, effectively, a lot of the time, the first message is a simple way of finding out if this person is into you enough to actually have a conversation. You're saying, I'm attracted enough to your nipples to try talking to you. Here's an opportunity for you to disappoint me on a different level. Will it be racism? Or toxic masculinity? Maybe it'll be internalised homophobia. You know what, fuck it, all three, why not, it's Christmas. Personally, I always see, hi, how are you, as an opportunity to hook the other person into a conversation. Like, I'll always reply with something along the lines of, I'm good, thanks, knackered from the gym, but at least I'm working from home today, what about you? That way, the other person has a few options. They can ask about the gym, they can ask about what work you do, or they can just talk about themselves five minutes, because that's what they want to do anyway. What really annoys me is when someone says, hi, how are you? And I do my little, good, thanks, knackered, just been to the gym, working from home today, how are you? And they reply with, I'm fine. And that's it. And I'm just sat here thinking, you started this, motherfucker. We could have easily not talked at all. Anyway, this guy, the one that messaged me, didn't do that. He went the other way and hit me with something completely unexpected. No sooner had we got past, hi, how are you, when he said, do you want kids? Which was a bit shocking, to be honest. I had to stop and think for a minute. My first thoughts were, careful, Scott, you might end up on some kind of register. And I'm not rich or powerful enough to have a quick death, so... The other thought that I had after I kind of, like, stopped panicking quite so much was that this was some weirdly complicated chatbot, and it was trying to sell me adoption services or something, and if I answered the questions right, there'd be a drone dispatched with a baby for me within the next four hours or something. Do I want kids? Maybe, when I'm old enough to look after them. At the moment, I can barely keep myself alive. Don't take the fact that I've made it to years old as any kind of indicator of success on that, by the way. A lot of this is luck and privilege. Just this morning, I walked into a lamppost because I was too busy perving at someone in the street. It is sheer dumb luck that I haven't done exactly the same thing straight into traffic and ended up plastered to the wheel arch of some Uber driver who's too far off his tits on Pro Plus to notice. Christ, I just realised I said, when I'm older... And, you know, my parents already had 
me and my brother, kids aged 10 and 12 when they were my age now. I honestly don't know how they managed it. Do you remember that weird feeling the first time you saw a teacher outside of school? Like maybe you'd be in the supermarket with your mum just doing a big shop and you'd wander down the bread aisle or something and there would be Mrs Newman just, you know, happily living a life, buying a loaf or some bread cakes or whatever. And your tiny little mind is completely blown because as far as you knew, she lived in the staff room at school with all the other teachers on some kind of shelving unit, presumably. And she just sat there quietly at night until she got to get up again the next morning and teach her something else. I think working out that your parents had lives before you were born is sort of in the same category. You have to let go of that worldview that, no, that doesn't sound right. Your entire existence is designed around me and you feed me and clothe me and in return I brighten your life with my presence. This is the arrangement we have and it works perfectly. There's nothing more to it. Stop asking questions. Bring me a biscuit. And then as you grow up, it sort of transitions into grudgingly accepting that perhaps your parents had parts of their lives that weren't directly related to you or caring for you or making money for you to spend and that, you know, they're actual real people with lives and hopes and dreams and all of that shit. Of course, I think it's probably for the best that there's a lot of stuff we don't learn about our parents. If I think about a lot of the people I know and what they were like as they were growing up, there's going to be a lot of stuff that their kids never need to, just never need to find out. No one needs to know that their mum regularly got coked off her tits in dodgy nightclubs and then bent over the bins out the back and then called it a good night. My kids, I mean, that's not my way of doing things, but still, what would I say to them? You know, if they come up to me one day, like, father, I'm going to make them call me father. I might even buy a smoking jacket and a pipe so that I can spend evenings staring into the fireplace. You know, proper dad stuff. Anyway, father, how did you and papa meet? Yeah, I am going to make them call him Papa. Well, little Timmy, one night, when I was much younger, I was feeling proper randy. The kind of horn that just isn't sated with a quick wank. So I popped down the local sauna. And when I got there, I met a lovely young man. As we were getting to know each other, I saw, across the room, your dad. I only caught a glimpse of him before the first guy's big hairy balls were swinging in the way, but for a moment I saw him, as he was getting double teamed by a couple of burly guys, and I thought, oh, hello, you're a bit of all right. And then a bit later, when I was soaking in the hot tub, kind of letting it all drip off me, I saw him again, and our eyes met over a crowded twink. I don't think anyone needs that level of detail about whether or not your parents were right little goers. In fact, right now, you're probably trying not to think about your own parents shagging. But they did. Probably quite a lot. What position do you think they were in when they conceived you? Maybe they were into role play, Or your mum liked to go out dogging. Or your dad likes a finger up the bum. As kids, we all have this assumption that our parents know what they're doing. And eventually you get to the age where you realise that, nope, <laughs> they don't. They don't have a clue. They're just making it up as they go along, just like us. Except, you know, when they were being parents, they didn't have the internet telling them how many ways they were doing it wrong all the time. The only reference they had was their own parents, who had only learnt it from their parents, and who'd learnt, and so on, and so on, and so on. And the odds are good that it wasn't a particularly great way of parenting. I think all that any of us can hope for is that we don't fuck our kids up the way our parents fucked us up. And that's quite a low bar, or you'd think. But the trick is knowing how fucked up you are in the first place. There's plenty of people, for example, who think that compulsory national service is a great idea because it'll beat those whippersnappers into shape. 
The more I think about it, I don't think anyone under the age of 30 should be able to have kids at all. I don't mean stop people shagging. I think everyone should have as much sex as they want. Just no babies. Let's all take the first 30 years of our lives to figure ourselves out a bit, get the worst of the emotional fuckery out the way, learn a bit more about who we are, have our hearts broken, learn how to have a healthy relationship, travel around India, open a dry cleaners, whatever. And then, you know, from, say, your 30th birthday, you're eligible to apply for a parenting license. The process would take a few months, or maybe a year or two, and cost money because you and your partner, you'd need to have a partner, of course, can be really sure that you're ready for a baby. And then you'd have to show how you'd support a little one and look after them and make sure they didn't die and all of that kind of thing. I think it's a great idea. A quick Google tells me that just under half of all births in the UK were to people under 30, so we'd immediately be halving the birth rate, slowing overpopulation, doing our bit for the climate crisis, and, you know, all of these good things. Shit like that. And only people who were actually committed and ready and into the idea of being parents would be able to have kids. And even then, they'd have to prove that they're emotionally stable and able to care for the poor little shit factory. If it seems stupid to you that you should have to prove your worth as a parent being allowed to have a baby, then you're probably straight. Because if you're LGBT and you want to have your very own screaming ball of sticky fluid, then this is how you have to go about it. Adopting is a long and slow process of proving that not only do you want the child, but that you're able to care for it financially and physically in many, many ways that straight people do not have to bother with. There's none of that for you breeders. You just slap bits together. And every time there's a chance that you're going to make a person, even if it's with someone that you don't like, you're going to barely stand them for the five minutes it's going to take to get the sex over with. But together you may create a whole other human life. What I'm saying is it's actually quite difficult to accidentally have a baby with someone of the same sex. Although, to our credit, we do keep trying. I think that's a lovely thing to have to explain to your child when they ask where they came from. And you can say... Me and your dad were very much in love, and we decided we wanted someone to share that with. So we spent years looking all over the world for a special little person to love forever. Eventually, we found you, and we knew from the first time we saw you that we would love you and take care of you. And shit. It's definitely better than me and your dad really liked doing it without a condom. Felt much better, even if he didn't last as long. And then nine months later, you dropped out of me. That was Probably True, the multi-award-winning storytelling series written and produced by me, the multi-award-winning Scott Flashheart. It was designed to remind all of my queer siblings that we are none of us alone. You can find links, transcripts of every episode, and all that good stuff at probablytruepodcast.com. If you enjoyed or found value in anything you've heard today, you can support the show on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash probablytrue. And if you want to get in touch, just search Probably True Podcast on the socials. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 